This is a Soul Fire production. Well, hello and welcome back to the show, my beautiful, beautiful friends. I am so excited for this episode. Yo, this is probably one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. And I know I say that a lot, <laughs> but this one is up there. This one's really, really, really good. You're going to want to listen to this whole thing. Trust me, you don't want to miss a minute of this. You are getting the gold. You are getting the goods. You are getting the inside scoop. Best in class, best kept secrets that I could provide my audience with my guest today and this conversation. So if you are new to the show, I want to officially welcome you. I am your host, Jessica Zweig. And if you are not new, welcome back. You guys know, some of you don't know, but here on the Simply Be podcast, you know, being the founder of Simply Be Agency, one of the most recognized personal branding firms, one of the most awarded personal branding firms, one of the only personal branding firms that can say that we've done what we've done out there. We obviously talk a lot about that space. I wrote a book called B. It's the book on how to build a personal brand. I often say, if you read my book cover to cover, you do the exercises, you do the work, you will have a brand defined. You'll have a strategy defined. You'll have a go-to market roadmap of how to build your platform. I gave it away for 25 bucks. I released a brand new workbook this year for another 20 bucks. You can buy it on Amazon. That takes you through the whole Simply Be methodology. Literally the things that we charge thousands and thousands of dollars for in the agency. I basically opened it up to the great wide public and offered it for a fraction, (laughs) a micro fraction of the cost. And I'm obviously very passionate about this space, which is why I wrote a book about it, have a business around it. And I've dedicated this whole month of November into how to supercharge your personal brand through what I'm calling these super highways. But on the Simply Be podcast, we also talk about personal growth, spiritual development, how to really go inside, do your own work, find your trauma, your shadows, become a whole person through the journey of knowing the full, complete, holistic picture of not only who you are, but why you're here and why all of these maybe sad, hard things that have happened to you are actually part of your genius and your mission, and to come to life from the inside out, to resonate, to create authenticity through vulnerability. And that creates magnetism. And what do magnets do? They attract. They attract opportunities in friends, in relationships, in business opportunities, revenue, open doors for more exposure, bigger community. You can't have one without the other. You need to do the inside work and be able to flex that on the outside, clearly, consistently, strategically through a personal brand that is actually effective. That's the game. And so we talk about it all here on the Simply Be podcast. And I'm super excited about this month here in November, at least if you're listening to the show in real time. And I hope you are because we have something very special and very timely to offer my community an incredible promotion that is only available for the next two weeks if you're listening to this in real time in November that you don't want to miss. But needless to say, I am lit this month because I'm going back to my roots. I've been talking about aliens and plant medicines and divine feminine manifestation and being the queen. And I love talking about all those things. That's what makes this show all the things, which hopefully is a permission slip for you to be all the things too. But this month, we're really diving deep into personal brand development and how you scale it and how you really take your platform to the next level. And I believe that getting a TED Talk 
is one of the very few super highways that allows you to do that, that instantly, instantly changes the game, that takes you from invisible to internationally known within a matter of a 12-minute YouTube video. A TED Talk is without a doubt one of the biggest career game changers I think is available to all of us. And so I wanted to bring on an expert in this space. I wanted to bring on a TEDx speaker coach who has effectively landed 39 out of 40 of her clients' TED Talks in the last year. She is one of the best kept secrets in the personal branding game. She's also a prolific entrepreneur who worked in the Obama administration. She's worked all over the world in government. She worked for the Pentagon. She's got a prolific career story. And it was a TED Talk that put her on the map, changed the entire direction of her career, helped her build a multi-seven-figure online business, get a $500,000 spokesperson contract, put her on a national speaking tour, grew her audience overnight, opened up all of these different opportunities for press and for media. And that was only her first talk. She's actually done two. And her passion for how TED not only changes your business, but heals your life and allows you to step out of the grinds and out of the burnout to create more what I would consider a feminine frequency, to not be a hustler and a go-getter in the masculine, but to step into your feminine and allow for things to come to you versus the other way around is really the power of a TED Talk. And I haven't done a TED Talk yet. It's on my bucket list, but I'm going to hire Ashley and she's going to be my TEDx coach. And I'm going to go for one next year. And I want to let you all know that if you listen to the show and you are moved to work with Ashley, I'm going to leave a link to her website and her application to become a client. And if you mention Simply Be, that you listened to this podcast and you came through my audience, she's going to offer you $2,000 off her program, which is a pretty significant amount. And she's opening this up to my community. She's being so generous in doing so. She does have quite a queue of clients that want to work with her in 2024. And so she's limiting it to a two-week window. So if you are interested in learning more about Ashley's work, and getting yourself out onto the TEDx stage, there is really nobody better in the industry that can help you do that. And in this interview today, she is going to walk you through her process, her formula from soup to nuts, how it works, how she gets her clients placed, what she advises her clients to do the day of the TED Talk to nail it, what she actually advises her clients and helps coach them and holds their hand through leading up to the day itself to get your talk inside of your cells. So you stick the landing that you nail it when you're on that red dot. There's nobody better to really learn from and work alongside with. And and most of all, to be empowered by throughout this experience than Ashley Stahl. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ashley because she is a boss and she's really going to walk you through her story in more detail once we get into the interview. But she's a career coach, an international best-selling author of U-Turn, host of the Top 100 Mental Health Podcast, the U-Turn Podcast, a TEDx speechwriter and booker. And her mission is really to help people step into a career that they're actually excited about and aligned with. 
she's pivoted from doing this through one-on-one coaching and online courses to now really hyper-focusing on the TEDx space because as she'll explain today, this is the superhighway. This is the slingshot that takes you from hustling to create your own opportunities to becoming the magnet to opportunities beyond what you can even imagine possible. She's the walking manifestation of that. She will tell you her story, what happened after her first talk, what happened after her second, and what she's seeing happen for the dozens and dozens and dozens of clients that she's getting on TEDx stages. It's fascinating what she does and how she does it. And she, as a human being, is just fascinating and her personal story and background of of how she landed here. So I'm super excited to introduce you to her. She's pure light. She's my people. She's a soul sister. She's a light worker. She is a boss. And she really is here for the world. She's so behind her mission. It's not just about making money. It's about helping other people, yes, make more money, but get seen to make a bigger difference in the world. And she is so genuine in that. So like I said, if you're moved by this interview, you're going to want to head to the link in the show notes, apply to work with Ashley, mention Simply Be. You'll get $2,000 off in working with her. And I'm just so happy to bring her into the Simply Be community so you can all know her. And remember, if you are interested in working with her, she will need to know within the next two weeks after launching this podcast. So this is coming out the second week of November, I believe. So by end of November, mid-November is the cutoff date. So you definitely don't want to miss that. She's taking on a select amount of clients between now and the end of the year. And I really, truly hope you guys that Simply Be, my Simply Be universe is one of them, is many of them, is a part of that because I know you guys. I haven't met you all, but I feel you in my heart. And that's how I know you. And I know you've all got big, beautiful, important messages in the world that need to be heard. And there's no better super highway to help you get that message heard than a TEDx talk. And you're going to learn why in even more detail. So without further ado, here is my amazing conversation with Ashley Stahl. Ashley Stahl, one of my favorite light workers in the world. Welcome to my show. Thank you for having me. I feel so proud of you for all you're doing with this show. I listened to some episodes just the other day and was like, wow, what a woman. Oh, I received that. Thank you for saying that and starting this yeah. off with that. That means everything yeah. to me. I was on your yeah. podcast last year. You were helping me promote my book and yeah. felt just such an immediate sisterhood to you. And you know, yeah. we became IG buddies and love, love your story and you're up to in the world. And I'm excited to dig into really the power of TED. But before yeah. we, before we go into all of those things, I would love to know, I mean, I already know, but but give my audience the quick one too on who you are, what you've been up to professionally before you really made a hard pivot into the TED world. Yeah, TED land. I mean, I was a typical millennial woman in college that didn't know what she wanted to do, went to the career services office, and I'll never forget the woman saying to me when I said, what should I major in? And having this belief that what you major in really matters when you know, the research really indicates one out of four people are using anything related to their degree for their actual job. But, you know, I remember going in and she said all the things she said, do what you love and the money will follow and follow your passion. And I don't know, what's the other one? Follow, follow your bliss, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) 
I just remember walking out of the meeting with career services thinking like I'm more lost than when I came in because I'm really good at, you know, I love cupcakes, but I'm not a good baker. I love massages, but definitely should not be a masseuse. Love fashion would be a horrendous designer. And I say that with love towards myself. Like I, I own what I'm not great at because I know there's things that I'm great at. And I think, you know, in retrospect, more people need to celebrate where they're not great and let that be freeing for themselves versus letting it be something that haunts them and taunts them. But yeah, I ended up majoring in government history and French just because not because I'm an overachiever, but I think I just didn't know what to do and ended up living in France for quite a while and just, you know, learning politics out there. And there was this moment where this woman was in the street with, I think it was her husband and she had a baby it was raining. I was in Western France. Nobody was out because like who goes out in the pouring rain, but the, you know, token study abroad student that's curious to see things. And this man hit her across her face, like really abrasively. And the baby saw it, obviously. And she locked eyes with me. And I just remember looking for a police officer. I wanted to help her. I wanted to save her. But instead, I, I just made a career decision about her. I And I think a lot of people do that. They have these intense moments and they influence our career decisions. And I decided I'm going to be a protector. And after having family on the East Coast during 9-11, I thought I'm going to be the highest frequency of protector I can. And I'm going to get Osama bin Laden and be like Maya and Zero Dark Thirty. And... And I did. I literally learned every language I could. Languages came easy to me. I learned Arabic. I'm still bilingual in French. I learned Dari. I ended up going to graduate school, getting my degree in war, getting a job at the Pentagon, which sounds like it was easy, but because I'm just running through it, but it involved the recession and me emailing my college for a list of people who graduated and moved to DC. And I called, I cold called 2000 people on that list to get my job in DC. I moved with nothing. I networked for six weeks. And by nothing, I mean, I think I had like $2,000 in my bank account, which in DC is like, it's going to go quick. I lived in a, a row house with bed bugs and because it was what I could afford. And then I ended up crushing it and getting a, a really big job opportunity and learning that everything can change and that where you are is not who you are. And everything moved. And so I ended up being in the Pentagon, working on Afghanistan, getting my security clearance, being on the path towards joining the CIA and realizing I'm way too sensitive for this entire career path. And I started winning awards for my work at the Pentagon. And I met this woman one day. And, you know, meanwhile, before I even met her, people were like, you should be a career coach because I was helping all my friends with their resume because I got so many job opportunities. And I remember being like, what's a career coach? Like, do I cheer on the outside of your office for you? Like, what does that even mean? Like a hockey coat? Like, but then I ended up starting a business and doing this. And in the meantime, I won an award. I met this woman. She was this beautiful, like light. And she walked up to me and I remember saying to her, you're so pretty. Like, what is this like? You know, like, tell me. And she ended up talking about how she did a TED talk at the UN the week prior. She was like 23 years old, very young, very inspiring. And I remember looking at her saying, I want to do that one day and thinking it was so far away. And like a cartoon, she looked at me and said, I'm sure you will. And she smiled. And it was like, it was like her tooth did like the little sparkle that you see in the cartoons. Like, and 
I got a text message the next week. I was in Istanbul for a work assignment. It was 2012, the protest in Taksim Square. Tear gas was in my literal eye. I was hiding in the Spice Bazaar, trying to get my eyes better. And I felt a buzz on my phone. And I looked through my teary tear gas eye. And there's a message from her that she recommended me to Ted Berkeley and that they're going to take her recommendation seriously. It was just like the most generous thing. Like this girl talked to me for like 10 minutes. And it changed my life. I'd never spoken on a stage before. And all the people saying you should be a career coach, I just thought like, what does that even mean? But I I decided to pull a doozy on TEDx. And they were like, talk about national security. I got on stage and I was like, I'm a career expert. And I just owned my lane, started my business. And I mean, I give myself like a B for that talk. Like I'd never spoken in front of an audience before. So I'm really proud of it in the sense that there are 4,000 people there and I had no public speaking skills, but I always told myself, I'm going to do another one that really shows who I am and what I have to say one day. That talk ended up going viral. It ended up launching my business. I started a career coaching practice, helping people with career pivots that turned into my show, the U-Turn podcast. That turned into an online course and a whole platform of online courses on how to get a job, how to figure out your career. And it changed my life so much. I ended up getting a speaking agent. I did another TED Talk. That one got me multiple offers on my book deal. That one got me a spokesperson contract for a half million dollars. That one got me speaking agent that put me on tour. I had a lot of success and failure. I had an online course that blew up and did really well and then exploded and did really poorly because I held on for too long. I went on a speaking tour and talked about losing all my money and made all my money back by talking about losing all my money. It was just such a, so funny. And, and here I am today. I, ever since my most recent Ted talk went super viral, it's in the top 100 people have asked, can you help me with writing a Ted talk? And then I partnered with a booker who's been a TEDx curator for the past decade. And so Now, in the past year, we wrote 40 TED Talks. I wrote 40 and we got 39 of those booked on stage. So we're pretty much 97% success getting people booked for TEDx. And it's meant a lot to me because I think we all have so much capability as business people, especially even anyone who's listening, who's very career driven. We can enter into masculine energy and it's a much needed energy, but we can burn out. And What I love about TEDx is it's like, where else is there 40 million people waiting to hear you talk? And it's like a democracy of ideas. It's it's about who has the idea that's worth spreading. So right now I'm writing talks for surgeons, animal rights activists, like anyone who has an idea. And sometimes they write a lot of it. Sometimes I write most of it. But the depth of the relationship and impact they get to have and the, I tell them all the time, like going viral might not be easy, but it is simple. You simply write the best thing you've ever written. And that's what I'm here to help them do. And so that usually will give you a really good odds of making a massive impact and changing your career and bringing more feminine energy into your life. Because then you start attracting things that get to come your way. And you don't have to push. And there's thousands of eyeballs every day watching you, listening to you, thinking of you and sending you things. And it becomes this asset, this machine that just supports you. So that's my inspiration there. I mean, you're an inspiration, babe. What a story. What a journey. What's a journey? I mean, and so diverse and rooted in, you know, following your 
your gut and ambition and passion. And I'm so proud to know you. You know, I know you had a pretty big team around that coaching business. I think you shared with me like 12 people at one point and you kind of like sunsetted the whole thing and really simplified and, and now have boiled your business down to essentially what I call like a flagship service, cornerstone, singular service, which is helping people get TED Talks. And I want to really understand 39 out of 40, that's, that's legit. Yeah. And so if you can take me and my audience through the process, like the anatomy of what, what you do and second part of that question, why you think your formula works so well. Yeah. You know, I worked in Obama administration and I learned most of my speaking through watching him and befriending his speech writers. So when I got that first TEDx talk, I did have decent support. I didn't want to over ask. We were casual friends, but they sat me down and gave me some basics and I tightened those over time. And I studied his work over time, whether you politically love him or not. I mean, everybody could really agree. He was a pretty influential speaker And so I just wanted to study what he was doing. And there are some things that I saw. Number one, um, and I've applied this to TEDx. Obviously, there's always a goal. When you're going to communicate, you have an intention. So it's important before you even think about what you're going to say, why you're saying it, what do you want to happen because of your words. Keep that as a through line through everything you're saying. Secondly, the importance of capturing attention. So if you watch my most recent TED talk that did even better than the first one, since it was more intentional and more me, which, you know, I think that's the the secret sauce, right? Like so many entrepreneurs, especially are afraid of losing relevance, right? Like, oh, if I make a pivot or if I change, are people going to come with me? But I don't think they realize what they're, what they're really needing to focus on is resonance because you become relevant when you resonate and when you resonate with yourself, you resonate with others. So I think what makes you relevant when you're opening up a talk is something that captures attention, something that people can't help but listen. So if you see my most recent Ted talk, I open up with my dad brewing coffee in the kitchen and he gets a call from kidnappers that say that they've kidnapped me. And First of all, I worked in hostage and ransom for, you know, in national security. So, and I have a personal brand. So it's even more believable than maybe the everyday scammer situation, but that catches people's attention. That's a wild thing for somebody to get a phone call of. And so I encourage people when they come in before we even get started to start doing a life timeline. What are some significant events in your life that have changed the way you think? Where were you when it happened? How did it, what were you thinking about the world? What were you thinking about you? What conclusions did you draw about life from these moments? What changed because of these moments? And what I've learned through doing that is that everybody has a story. Everybody has an idea. You don't need some big traumatic experience to open up with. It's just about catching attention. So that's the start. It's just, what's your goal? What's your timeline? What's a moment that moved you? Another thing with public speaking is the importance of showing and not just telling. So I had a client recently I was writing for, she had a lot of family members pass away by the time she was 18 years old. And, you know, for her opener, it was natural for her to say to me that she was thinking about opening up about losing all of her family. But what was interesting to me, instead of telling people that that happened was showing them the reality of it. So I asked her, when was the, when was the last person who died? Like, how old were you when the last one died and you became an orphan? 
And so we open up with the moment she became an orphan, the moment that the last person died, that she was really on her own. And we to talk about leadership and how that also got to become the day she became a leader. And so I think for people listening, it's important to have a better understanding of what moved you in your life because most people don't take that time. Yeah. And it's a real processing experience. Like a lot of clients have come to me and said, whoa, I've never really thought about that moment. And now I'm talking about it to so many people. And so there's some processing involved. But I think as far as the TED platform itself goes, a lot of people apply to give a TEDx talk, but it's very much like a chicken or the egg. First of all, why are they going to accept you as a speaker if they don't know what you're going to say? So a lot of the times it's like as an entrepreneur, especially, why would we write a talk that we don't have booked? Why would we write an you know, a non-existent talk, but they want to see your speech. So for me and our offer, we write the speech first. We know it's a plus and that has made things really easy for our booker. She has a very easy time getting the speech booked when it's powerful because they open it up. If, if we pitch a hundred TEDx events and they are captivated by the opener, like we're in Just last week, somebody got accepted to two TED Talks and he's deciding to go wild and give two, which means he needs to write another one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead, please. So many questions for you. I mean, I'm so, I'm so fascinated by TED. So there's TED, TED, and then there's TED X. And explain to me the difference. Yeah. So TED is invitation. That is not something that you can pitch yourself for. Got it. TEDx is licensed out by TED and there's different sizes of licenses, meaning this, I think the smallest is like 50 to hundred people. So if you go to a TEDx event with 50 to hundred people, that means they're probably new at the game. It's a student run event. They have the license and the rights from TED. They need to go by TED's guidelines, which there are many, there are many reasons your talk can get thrown out and not make it on YouTube. So we're mindful of those when writing people's talks. But you want to ideally speak at a TEDx event that has a bigger license because that means that they've proven themselves to the TED brand and that they are delivering audio that's quality and things like that. My audio on my TED Talk was just okay. I feel like the event I spoke at was smaller and they had a smaller license. I'm sure their license is bigger now because my talk itself went so viral. The school that I spoke at got more enrollments. You told me that. How many views yeah. did your talk get? That talk got like a couple million, right? I think it's like 9 million views now. Jesus, Ashley. That's incredible. Yeah, wild. It's such a blessing because it's like, I'm just walking through my day. And sometimes I think like, I wonder who needs to hear that, you know, like not from a place of me being a guru of any sort, but like... We all, we all say things that people need to hear sometimes. And I just get to be on a platform that people get to hear it all day long. Yeah. So I guess more like technical, just so I fully understand. So there's, I'm in Chicago, right? That's where yeah. I spent half my year at least. Yeah. So there's the Chicago TEDx that you can yeah. apply for, but then there's like Oak Park and Lake Forest and all the suburbs of yeah. Chicago, basically that also do TEDx right. talks. So you're, are you saying that is one better than the other? Like, do they all have merit? Is there a chance that if you were to apply to a smaller talk, you could definitely not get on the internet? Does that determine how and when you guys, as your bookers concerned, pitch your clients? You guys look for the bigger cities? Well, so there's a few things. Our booker was a TEDx curator for a decade. And so we have a Rolodex of curators that we start with. But I would say for your personal brand, it doesn't really matter what TED talk you speak at. It really just matters that you have your YouTube link. Like as entrepreneurs, we care about the bigger world impact. Not, I mean, we have respect for the hundred people sitting in the audience, but there's a real intention there that it's going to live on. So 
I would say, obviously, there's plenty of TEDx events that are going to run perfectly fine with you know a smaller license and they do a good job on the audio. You're just taking a risk because if they're a smaller event, it's them reflecting back to you that they haven't been in the game for a while and they are students. Think about, you know, do you know people that are 18, 19? Like, right. I don't know. Right. And so... I would say the TEDx Chicago, those main city ones, TEDx San Francisco, I think is one of the biggest ones. They actually don't give you more clout for your personal brand. They just are a bigger event in live that you're speaking at. So if you have some sort of business goal, you're about to step off stage to 4,000 people. I made a mistake. I was wearing an outfit that was really uncomfortable. In my first one, I changed my outfit. People didn't recognize me after my TEDx Berkeley talk. And then people were like, wait, were you spoke up there? And I realized, whoa, I should have kept my outfit on. So it's like, there's so many little things in my first talk. I didn't even think about my outfit. I was so focused on what I had to say. And the TEDx brand was like pretty new at that time. And I remember wearing a pair of pants that literally split the week before. And I took them to the dry cleaner and had them sewn back together. Like, why would you wear pants that don't fit you for TEDx? So there's so much I've learned, you know, um, in the TEDx talk I have now that's doing really well. I'm wearing a, a nice belt and TEDx can sometimes not even air a talk that has any sort of brand promotion. So there's some people in the comments being like, that's a designer belt, but it's like, it doesn't say the designer's name, but there's a real wow. sensitive line spot of like wearing anything that promotes a brand, being too self-promotional, being too on the edge of something illegal. Like I'm writing a talk right now for a client about psychedelics. I'm treading very softly so that it gets accepted. Um, so if you want to be on the edge of our time, if you want to be in spirituality, you need to walk the line between spirit and religion. There are things, politics that Ted is sensitive to, but I still think that if you have an idea worth spreading, there's a way to share it. Mm. And it doesn't really matter which TEDx event accepts you as long as you're going to make your way on YouTube and honor their guidelines. Amazing. So when it comes to the structure of the talk itself, they're typically 15 to 20 minutes, sometimes a little yeah. less. You mentioned that really strong opener, you know, and mm -hmm. really taking people into a moment is a powerful tactic. Talk yeah. to me about the rest of the structure. Do you follow some sort of arc? Is there a strategy? What sort of makes up the holistic beginning, middle and end of a TED Talk yeah. in your professional expert opinion? Yeah. I, okay. Well, first of all, I have so much to say about this. We're our, our company right now, we're writing 17 TED Talks and we're following a pretty similar, uh, similar formula. So the formula is this. First of all, here's my question for anybody listening. Why would you write a 19 minute TED talk if you could write a 10 to 12 minute TED talk? 19 minutes is just more work for you to memorize. I tell people to memorize it because you don't need to go up there on the red dot and be looking for your words in your head. You need to be focusing on being good at delivery, your pauses where you're standing on stage. And that's something we help people with after they get booked. So I think the first thing is if you're going to write a 10 to 12 minute talk, just for visual purposes, that's three to three and a half pages typed in Times New Roman 12. It's not double spaced, but it is like a slippery slope because it's speech writing. So you're seeing a lot of hitting enter. So it's not dense either. So three pages is pretty doable for someone who's hardworking and has a message. So I say, you know, and obviously you can double that and it's around six pages tops You and you cannot go over 19 ish minutes for Ted. So for TEDx, so, you know, you want to be somewhere between three and five pages and why not go on the smaller end? So that's the first thing. If you're going to have a 10 to 12 minute talk, um, 
in Obama land and with his speechwriters, we would call them signposts. You can't really have more than three signposts, meaning main points. If you're doing 10 to 12 minutes, I've had a lot of clients after we book them on the TEDx stage, they give their TED TED talks, they turn it into a longer keynote and they'll add some points and stuff like that, which is great. But I would say two to three points is enough. And so from a structural standpoint, you have your opener, you bring people right into a moment at the end of sharing the moment and really painting that picture for them and making them feel something. You want to reference yourself, right? Like as an author, as a doctor, as a surgeon, so that they know who you are somewhat. And that's, that's on, you can't go much further than that to promote yourself, by the way. From there, being able to say, I have three points. I have three questions. I have two mind shifts. Those are kind of the approaches that we do. There are other types of TEDx talks. People will be message centric where they're just telling a lot of stories and it shows the same point. We are more educational in our talks because we represent a lot of people who want to be educating in some way. And that's what we love. So I would say that's from a structural standpoint, like two to three points tops. If you're within three to three and a half pages from there, I would ask you, what do you want to get across? What do you want to educate on? What is your goal? Do you want more clients? Do you want more readers for your book? Do you want more podcast listeners? I get a very consistent flow of new listenership from my TED talk every single day. Do you want another book deal? Like really getting clear so that you can make those references of like as a forthcoming author or as someone who often thinks, you know, whatever it is. Another thing to think about is your bio beneath the TED Talk. So when it hits YouTube, not everybody's going to press the read more button beneath the video clip. So you want your first two lines to be very clear on who you are. So it can, you know, say like as an author, as the author of this book, as a podcast host, you know, my show's the U-Turn podcast, Y-O-U. Those are things I want in the first line. If you have a course that's really important to you, it's flagship in your business that's the first thing you're going to want to mention. So being intentional about that bio beneath from a structural standpoint is also very important. Is there a specific formula to the ending? Like how do you stick the landing on a TED talk? Yeah, it's actually very straightforward. And it's funny because people come in and like, this is their legacy work or it's like really important for their brand and they get tripped up. And for us, it's really easy and flowy. We're like, all right, how many minutes? All right, this many points. All right, what are what's your life timeline? Okay, what's your goal? Okay, if you want that goal to happen, this moment in your life timeline feels the most poignant. Let's write something really powerful about this moment. Let's share at the end of the intro what your t- your points are. This is what we're going to talk about today. Let's get into the first point. We like each point to have some research to validate it. And there might be a personal story or just content educating people. We move on to the second, move on to the third. And then when it's time to close, there's it's all about your delivery. It's all about moving into a pause, moving spaces on the stage, which included in our work, people fly out to LA to see me and they practice for a few hours and we just work on that piece of it. It's optional, but it's included. So a lot of people take me up on it, which is cool. And it's been really potent to really help them shift their energy on stage before they go into the ending. The ending shouldn't be long. It should be like a five to six sentence paragraph at most. And really you're restating what you said and you're giving a call to action. So maybe you say something reflective that brings it back to the beginning of your talk in that moment. And then you remind them of the top three points, shifts, questions, whatever it is that you brought up. 
And then you make a call to action. And sometimes the call to action is do these three things. Sometimes the call to action is get your health checked, be your own advocate. So that's kind of like from a structural standpoint, there's something we, there's two things we do at the end that are different in our work. Number one is we want to find the best title based on what's trending and what's going viral SEO and stuff like that. Sometimes the packaging has as little to do with the content, right? Like Totally. We're writing a talk about manifesting right now, but people aren't always Googling manifesting as much as they're Googling other things. So the packaging, the title is probably going to be different, but it's going to be about manifesting. So you don't want to get too stuck in the wires of a complicated title. Like, and there's two approaches to a title. The first one is an open loop, right? Like the secret to why marriages fail. That's an open loop. Uh, Another one's more straightforward. How to find your purpose in five minutes. Like very clear. We're pretty straightforward over here because we help a lot of people that are so clear in what they do that we just want to be clear. So that's one thing we do at the end. The second thing that's unexpected that we do at the end is we figure out the message. You would think that as we write the talk, we have the message, but we look at the talk and we think, what is this? What is this really about? And for example, right now we're writing a talk about healing your trauma and everybody has different thoughts on trauma healing. This person's thoughts are very about like your soul and epigenetics and the the memory and pain that your your cells carry and how important it is to look within to your traumas and clean your soul out and that you can't figure out what you want to do with your life unless you face and look and visit these traumas. And so the message we realized towards the end was that you don't need to find your purpose because you already know it. And you really just need to clean out, do your spring cleaning and healing. So I I think that's the thing is to really find the message. And yeah. Amazing. So people can hire you, Ashley, directly to work with you. You don't have a team. It's just, it's you and your booker. Mm -hmm. And let's say I hire you. We come up with my concept. You ask me to look at my life story. I go through the timelines. We find that one idea. You either either write the whole thing kind of 90% with me or I write it mostly and you edit it. Mm -hmm. But either way, that first piece is discovering what the talk is, getting it down on paper. And then I can fly to you to Mm -hmm. practice. I'm assuming you also help people virtually and really getting into their bodies. And then Mm -hmm. at when point do you kind of pass the talk to the booker and Mm -hmm. how long does it take? What then? Like the talk is done, the person, the client feels really ready. And then, and then what? Yeah. I would say it takes anywhere from one to three months to get the speech written, depending on the person. Like some people are really airy about it. And sometimes for me to write their intro, I'm like, Hey, I need you to reflect on that moment in that corporate consulting deal that that CEO said that weird thing to you. I need you to reflect on that moment and get back to me with five sentences about what you were wearing and what the weather was and what time of day it was. Bring me into the moment so I could write. Sometimes it'll take them a few weeks because they're just not in the mood. Even though it's a pretty real investment to do this, people are on their own terms. And I love that about it because it's creativity. So I'd say one to three months for the speech to go you know, play ping pong between us. The, the busier people who don't want to write the speech, I will meet with them once on Zoom for two hours and I'll know 90% of what I need to know to get wow. writing. Wow. I might need to meet up with them one more time. If they've written a book, we read the whole book before we get started with them. I have an associate speechwriter now who does research for me because I love good research in the speeches and I don't like doing the research. 
So she went to University of Chicago, actually. Good school. And yeah, creative writer and loves researching galore. So between her and I, we're, we're very happy with what we're up to. I would say one to three months after the speech draft is done, we might ask you for a one minute video and I write a script for you of something to show the curators your energy. And I pass your speech and your video to the booker. And I do a summary of who you are, why this speech matters, what's the idea worth spreading. And the booker gets to it. Of the 40 we I wrote last year and 39 she booked, the one that didn't get booked, which bre- breaks my heart, was about her accent. The feedback from the curators was that her accent was so thick they couldn't understand her English. And that got me into a research spiral, which I discovered that the accent gap for wages is bigger than the gender gap. Wow. Uh, which is like heartbreaking, especially in a world where like I care so much about DEI for me to have a company where somebody's not going to succeed because of a thick accent. It's just like kills my heart. And I've just been trying to take people on that. I can help them with their pronunciation because at the end of the day, the point of the platform is for them to get their message out. And if that's blocking them, I want to help. So that's been actually really expansive to help in that way too. So it's pretty much been a hundred percent minus that she, the curator will shop you to our network of curators. Usually it takes one to three months for us to get a yes or like wild man last week, our client who got two yeses and said yes to both. Um, and then from there, TEDx usually runs three to six months out. So once you get your yes, you've got at least three to six months to practice. So usually once the talk is over, I don't hear from a client for a few months until they get their yes. And the booker notifies me they're booked. And from there, they book a flight out to me. We do a Zoom to go through their speech. And there have been a few clients that are in California. So I go watch their talk, which is fun. And there have been a couple. I'm in the top 100, but they outranked me, which was so fun. Yeah. Like it's it's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I heard of once, do you know Grant Ackett's? He's like the chef and founder of Alinea, one of the top restaurants in the world. Yeah. And he had a, a sous chef named Curtis Duffy who opened up Grace. Now it's called Ever. It's another Michelin starred restaurant in Chicago. Anyway, they interviewed, they did a documentary on Grant, on Curtis Duffy's restaurant on the opening of Grace. And he was going for two Michelin stars and Grant Ackett's only had one. And they mm-hmm. interviewed Grant Ackett's in this documentary saying, how are you going to feel if the you know, former sous chef, chef de cuisine goes off, starts a new restaurant and gets two and you only have one. And Grant Ackett said something I will never forget. He said, well, if the protege doesn't outdo the mentor, then the mentor didn't do a very good job, did they? I thought it was such a fucking amazing statement. Yeah. And I just, I just want to reflect that as you said that, because that made me, made Love me happy that. to hear. And that just speaks to your character, babe. So yeah. I want to I get into the talk itself. So yeah. we get, we work with you we write our speech with you. We, we get the talk through the booker. We practice, we have three to six months. We get to the day and like nerves are high. I'm sure this is going to be universal advice for anyone listening that just does public speaking or wants to do keynotes and aspires beyond Ted, but wants to be on stage before a big talk, but the stakes are so high with a TEDx talk. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you advise your clients to do that day? How do you prepare from like, the morning wake up to like when you're behind the stage about to go on under the lights. What, what does that experience 
How do you, how do you coach and guide your clients through that experience? Cause I know if I got a TEDx talk, which I hope to do, and I'm going to work with you, yeah, I'm going to fucking sh- be shitting my pants. So, yeah. <laughs> so t- talk to me about that. Yeah. I mean, I remember my first one after that woman recommended me, I was like 24 or something. I don't even know how old I was, but I, maybe I was 22. And I just remember, you know, everybody there was nervous. Guy Kawasaki was the only person not nervous because he's just got it dialed in like a framework. And he had the audience roaring before I went on. But everybody else, it was really humbling. I was like, wow, these are all some really big, influential human beings doing a lot of good work and they're panicking too. So there's a couple of things I learned. It's like taking a test. The test taking day should be the lowest stress day. There's nothing left you can do. So I tell people that's why A, we wrote a shorter talk to to make it less heavy on you. And B, you have three to six months. So you really should put in the work. I say every week leading up to the talk, you should be spending an hour a day, Monday through Friday, practicing the talk out loud. I tell people the first week or two, just memorize the first page. And every time you practice it, start at the top. So you have to re-infuse the first paragraph in, re-infuse the second paragraph in to start introducing yourself to the third. And you have to keep doing it over and over again. So the first two weeks, do the the first page. Second two weeks, do the first with the second page tacked on. Um, So by the time they go, it's like test taking day. It's the easiest thing ever. They've already practiced. Ultimately, we are actors. We are improv artists. We are getting on stage, delivering a performance. We are not thinking about our words because the words are so infused into ourselves. We are thinking about our energy and our delivery. Another thing is the slides. Like we make slides for our clients, but we make the slides very minimal. They are not a tool for you to remember anything. They're a tool to help the audience learn. So if you look at my slides from my TED talk called how to figure out what you really want, that talk is written in the format we use most with clients and really shows the energy that we give off. And you'll see my slides are actually quite minimal and that's for a reason. It's all a learning tool. So I tell people don't plan on relying on those either, just memorize. And you know, if you look at things like Hamilton in New York, it's like, why are people paying so much for a Thursday and a Friday show? It's because they're getting consistency. And that's what I want for my clients. I want you to have not only the best thing you've ever written in your life with our support, not only the booking, but to feel like you really know how to get out there. And because a lot of people struggle with pauses, number one, like if you watch Obama, he makes a lot of pauses TED Talks can be really full of information. And what's obvious to you is not obvious to everybody else. That's why you're giving this talk, right? So being able to pause and let them sink in to what you're saying. And I always tell clients, pause just a little longer than when you become uncomfortable pausing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So Ash, you you do this for dozens of clients. You've got 17 right now, you mentioned. Yeah. I'm assuming you're taking on new clients. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And I want to share with my audience the goodies that you have been so generous to offer up to the Simply Be community because I have a lot of people who I know are listening that are entrepreneurs, want to be thought leaders, are working on building their personal brands. And this is, you know, I wanted you on my show for so many reasons. I just think you're brilliant and I love your energy. And I Mm -hmm. learn from you just in every conversation also extended a really generous offer to my community. So can you kind of take us through what that, what that is? Yeah. Okay. So everything about 
the TEDx talk booking and writing is at ashleystall.com slash TEDx. We'll link it in the show notes too. Yeah. And the applications on that page, when you let us know that you found us through the Simply Be podcast, we want to give you 2K off within the first two weeks of this episode airing. So please let us know you found us here so we can give you the discount. We love giving money off. And I just think that this TEDx talk is the super highway to your personal brand. So even if you're not ready to get writing it, but you know, you want to do it next year, we've been booking out. We have some clients starting in January, some starting in March. So we're flexible, but if you want to grab that discount, make sure that you apply within two weeks of this episode airing. Awesome. And we'll do a whole thing on social leading up to this, but I really love that word super highway because they're really, I was talking about this yesterday with my, with one of my co-founders and like, it's really a book, a TED talk and like major media that that's the fast track, like a super highway that's going to move you quickly. Not to say that grinding the pavement and running your marathon and dedicating your time to your audience every day with value on social, on your website, through your newsletters, through your weekly podcasts, like all of those things really do build a brand and really earn you trust over time. But to really skyrocket and to accelerate, there are few things available that allow us to do that. And Mm -hmm. TED is absolutely one of those very few super highways that you can decide to get on. And I also want to say too, just for the audience listening, like, you know, Simply Be is a premium service. You're a premium service. It's an investment, but you, first of all, your most precious asset and you should always invest in you. And I find that anytime I take a a leap and double down on my own growth professionally or personally. It always pays off in spades, but I mean, you've got a half a million dollar spokesperson contract. It opened up a doors to speaking tour. It helped you launch a business. I'm talking about your first talk and you weren't even, you know, as polished and and went as viral as you did. And yet that first talk completely changed the game for you and made you back your investment of both resources and time like in spades and spades and spades. So I just want to reiterate that whether you reach out to Ashley and I hope you do, or you just think about doubling down on yourself in general, there's always, if you trust and fully align, the the net's going to catch you and you're going to expand. That's just the way the universe works. I love what you're sharing. And like, it just reminds me as a, as a content creator, as a personal brand, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in corporate and you want to position yourself with more influence through your voice, or you have a message or you have a legacy, or you want to make an impact. I have somebody right now who her goal is for more people to foster dogs. And that's all she wants to happen because of her time. I know she is incredible. So it's like there, there just might be something that you want to say that you feel like in your soul, you're like, the world is going to be better if I do this. And it just feels meaningful in my life on my bucket list to do it. But I will say the internet has a bunch of islands, right? Like when it comes to creating your brand, like I have a Forbes column with 700 blog posts, like that's a planet, right? Like that's an island. And it's the gift that keeps giving every day that somebody Googles one of those topics, I'm going to pop up because their SEO is really strong. TEDx is a super island. Like it's a one and done island. So there's some places that you can go like being, having a podcast is an island, right? Like, and in my career, I've spent one or two years per island. Like the first couple of years, it was all about blogging. Then it was all about Instagram. Then it was all about, you know, different Then it was all about my podcast, my email list. 
And I have found that nothing has gifted me back quite like TEDx. And so that's why I've got so much soul for it now is like, it makes me really sad when I think about how burnt out so many women are, especially like, you know, it's, it's harder to write that email when you're burnt out because your brain is literally different. The research and the brain scans show it. We are operating from a different brain. And so if there's anything I can do, not just to like share my gift as a writer and as a storyteller, but also to help people get out of that rat race and start creating something that can take care of them and hold them and let the world know about them in a huge pop of a way. Like that's what I'm here to do. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I love you. I love you back. You're just such a vibe and so grateful that the universe put us together and for almost a time, which makes me sad, I could hang out with you all day. Want to ask you, I have to ask you the last question that I ask every guest and as you know, simply be are two little words that mean a lot to me. I named yeah. my whole business and podcast and book after it. But I think those words have many layers to, to all people. So I'd love to know when you hear those two words, simply be, what do they mean to you? They make me think about freedom, you know, how there's two different types, right? Freedom to life and freedom from life. And I think a lot of people want freedom from life. And it looks like running away, like going to Europe because you had a hard thing happen. And I think that can be really effective, but I think simply being for me is about being free to life, which means like really letting life happen and accepting it and not having to run away from it. Well, you, you are a walking example of that girl. And I know that you have even had your own recent, you know, move to the opposite side of the country and, you know, really freeing yourself to simply be. So I'm grateful for your wisdom. I was illuminated today and I know my audience will definitely feel the same. Where can people find you? We're going to link to the show notes. You gave your link to your program on your website. We'll also link your actual TED talk so people can watch it. But social media, like where else are you hanging out that people can come find you, your podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah. My show is called U-Turn Podcast, Y-O-U-Turn. And my book is the same name. Book is totally different. It's about self-discovery. I use a lot of it because after getting my graduate degree in war, I actually got a graduate degree in spiritual psychology. (laughs) So it's a lot of psychological tools in the book, or you can find me on Instagram at Ashley Stahl. It's S-T-A-H-L. Well, definitely go follow Ashley. She's just a beautiful soul, a beautiful light. Her podcast is amazing. I was on it. You're just so grounded and well-spoken and duh, but you just really come from a place of such depth and sincerity Mm -hmm. and I really feel the the true mission, you know, behind what you're doing, which is bigger than just simply building a business, but really wanting to help the world one person at a time. And that's what it's all about. So again, thank you so much for being here and blessing my community today. Thank you everybody for listening. Thanks for having me. 